welcome back to Consuming the Craft Podcast. With me today is Stephen Daniels from Phil Trucks. Stephen, thanks for coming. Thanks for having me back. Um, last time you were here, it was a, a giant snafu on my end. Uh, always record, always record. And uh, it ended up only one mic was working, and no one wants to hear me. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Let's be honest. Everyone listening right now uh, wants to know about the new stuff, new exciting things. Uh, and I know everyone out there has filtration problems, but you guys are a, a solution company for beer, wine, cider, spirits, soda, olive oil, frying oil. I mean, you guys, you 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 dabble in about just about anything uh, for helping folks remove. But you have, when we talked last time, you had this uh, filtration media uh, that would help uh, winemakers um, remove TCA uh, from their wine. And for the folks that don't know what TCA is. Um, it is a, well, we could say non-delicious flavor. I think we can all agree. It's, I, I think, it's, I think it's not pleasant. No, it's <laughs> yeah. like that musty basement. It, people yeah. call it corked wine, right? Yeah, it's boxy. It's just... Boxy is another great word for it. Like wet cardboard. Like just, I just had like yeah. moldy wet cardboard. And very, and it's very just kind of one-dimensional that way too. It's there's no, it, there's it, nothing it, like it masked behind. everything. Yes, yes. and so it's, it's the you know one of the things that um, we talk about is uh, that flavor can just in a very very small amount absolutely can ruin everything. I mean, there's there's no nothing good about it. We'll say no. <laughs> there's, there, I mean, there's there's other things that we're going to talk about that may have you know some some fun flavors to it, but th- this that one in particular. So you guys have developed. Uh, a filtration media to remove that completely. Yeah, so we have a, a specialty media that will selectively remove it, and it it's with a single pass can be hundred percent removal. So, so when you say selectively move it, it it's, just removes it's that the TCA, TBA molecules. So it just adheres to that. So the desirables are still left in the product. So now good. it doesn't mean you're going to love the wine afterwards because there might be something it was masking that wasn't. Good about the wine no, already. That, that's true because that's a but, huge flavor. Yeah, a huge, terrible flavor, but yeah. a huge flavor. Yeah, uh, it's just like uh, anything off mm-hmm. in, in any product. Really, if it's if it's off and you remove that, then you're kind of maybe finding some underlying problems uh, yeah. that you didn't know you had. Yeah, but, but you guys have a solution for that as well. Yep. So, so one of the new. I mean, can you talk about it now? Yep, we can talk about it. Okay. Yep. So I, I didn't know if it was top secret. It's we, not top secret. Okay, well, not anymore. Yeah, not anymore. Okay, we're good. Okay, <laughs> so you you uh, the company you work for has yep. developed uh, a filtration media to remove um, Brett characteristic. Yes, from wine. And so, what Brett is Brettanomyces? It's a wild yeast strain. Uh, it's pretty much everywhere. Mm-hmm. I mean, you can't you can't get rid of it in a facility. Uh, napalm would work. Um, uh, Probably some sort of nuke might work, but but it, it's going to come back really quickly, because anytime you have wood anywhere, uh, Brett can survive off wood pulp. It 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 just is a prolific wild yeast. That yeast is also somewhat alcohol tolerant, and it can produce uh, a range of flavors. There's lots of different strains of Brettanomyces, but it, it produces a range of flavors that uh, many consider a fault. Uh, or or undesirable characteristics like from I mean you mentioned a couple flavors like barnyard yeah. horse blanket goatee yeah. waxy yeah there you know leather leather that's which an, is yeah. that can kind of go both ways with people sure, um, sure I mean some people would say it's putrid I mean it's just 
foul. So, yeah, and yeah. So, yeah, of course, just like any other chemical compound, um, people are going to be more sensitive to it than others. Or, yep. you know, you're going to have uh, people that enjoy that flavor as well. I mean, it's it's found in a lot of uh, sour beers, and yep. it's part of the flavor. And so I would be curious to run sour beer through that same media. Yeah, we could always try it. Yeah. I'll bring you some that, Yeah, that would be, because I would see what would be left behind then, right? Yeah. Because there's other... There are good things that Britannomyces throws out. There's there's some fruity esters, some other things specifically strain dependent. But removing some of these uh, uh, undesirable characteristics, yep. you guys have found a way to not completely remove them, mm-hmm. but certainly unless you wanted to, right? You could run it. What, what what you were saying about the media was what? It's essentially so. Yeah, it's you know like the like the uh, TCA removal sheet. So you're talking you know, depth media. Um, it's incorporated into the depth media, so a standard filtration. So when you do a single pass at the recommended flow rate, you're going to remove a, you know selectively about 25 to 30%. And the big ones that we look at are the, the 4EG and the 4EP. So the 4-ethylphenol and the 4-ethylguaiacol? Guaiacol, yeah. Guaiacol, like a clove, might, clovey kind of smell. Yeah, yeah. yeah, and it's the 4EG that a lot of people associate with the good stuff. Yes. Like the clovey, spicy, nice. The 4EP is, gets associated with the really foul stuff. Yeah, so, well, well, it's a, it's and a phenol, and so you're talking yeah. like medicinal flavors, mm-hmm. adhesive strip. And when I say adhesive strip, it's Band-Aid. Yeah. But Band-Aid's a brand. I even have a Band-Aid on. I don't know if I... <laughs> you leave that Band-Aid on for too many days and you pull you, it off and oh, you're it like, funky. oh, it gets nasty No, there. but that's the smell. It yeah. really, uh, yeah. The other thing I always associate it with is the, the cleaning chemicals they use in hospitals. I always get that same phenolic... I mean, yeah. they have to clean very intensely. I don't want MRSA when, I'm, when I have to have... When I go into the hospital. But that being said, it's that same uh, antiseptic almost type that people mm-hmm. get with it too. So there's a lot of bad phenols out there. Yeah. Uh, chlorophenols being another one. Um, so that those smells in particular, not desirable. Yeah. Uh, and so you guys can remove that below threshold or some of it or all yeah, of it. Or, or, however yeah. you want to treat it. I mean, yeah. like I said, if you're, you're doing a single pass about 25, 30% removal, that might take it under sensory threshold, or it might just be, you know, maybe you want to do a second pass. It gives you a tool. It gives you something, you know, as a winemaker and you're like, well, Hey, I know I've got Brett in there. Some people like it. Some people don't do, I, you know, you can kind of, you can test it at small scale because it's well, it, with, with yeah. any depth media. I mean, you could test very Bench small top. Yeah, you can, and then you, you can run a bottle and taste it and see if it, it's better. Yeah. And then you could apply that to commercial and you right. know, later on, but then it's, it just gives you another tool to work with Yeah, yeah. You know, there so, in, the, in the winery. So, and Brett is not something I know for a fact that most winemakers have been fighting that for millennia. Yeah. Honestly. And it, it, it's just, it's everywhere. Mm-hmm. And so if we can, if you do have a Brett that has had a chance to establish itself in a wine, um, it's going to produce those flavors. It's just, yeah. that's what it does as a byproduct of their metabolism as, as it's feeding off of sugars and dividing. So what I like the idea of being able to control how much you take out. Mm-hmm. I really think that that, and, and you don't have to strip everything out. You no. could get it below that flavor threshold or you can, you know, if it's a funkier wine and it, it, you've got it too funky, yeah. And, and I've, and, you know, I've tasted some funky stuff. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, we've got my students making stuff here all the time. Yeah. And they have these crazy ideas, you know, and, and, and it's fun to smell and see those things, but commercially viable stuff is, is a different story. Yeah. So you guys make the, enough of it that you're going to be able to do mass quantities and be able to dial this stuff in after a benchtop trial. Yeah. So that's all, what else? I mean, 
I, I would really want to see what it does to a beer that has bread in it. Yeah, I'm sure you do. <laughs> I, I know it because I, I'm thinking about it's, like. I mean, it's neat with the wine. I was telling you earlier. Yeah, I mean, yeah. I got, I was, I was, you know, one of those unfortunate ones who had to go and travel over in Italy and oh, go to Tuscany, and we we got to experience what how this product works with the Chianti, um, and it was not like I was telling you, it was it's not a bad Chianti. It was very drinkable. But yeah, it's not it like was, you're going to be like, no, no, no thank you. But, but it was third glasses. No, I wouldn't. But, but, you know, in this case, you know, the Brett, you know, some of those, you know, those, you know, it, it got natural kind of, yeah, it was too much. And yeah, so yeah. it really was taking away some of that freshness. You weren't getting much of any fruit or any of that. And by running it through the media, I mean, I thought it really did kind of lift that product quite a lot. And, you know, everyone there really agreed, you know, they, they thought it was a, you know, quite a nice transformation, you know. That, that, uh, so that you ran it through it once, and then it was it, just a single pass, and yep. it stripped enough away where it stripped enough was like away this, where yeah. it really did brighten it up. Wow! And it was it was a cool it was those, cool to see. Well, I mean, it, it, those flavors can well, certainly they're polarizing, but they can be uh, the threshold of them can be parts per billion. I mean, it's it's it doesn't take a lot of that stuff to become volatile organic compounds in the smell and the aromas. Yeah, and, and you know when you guys are talking about tastes. Uh, you're really more describing smells than you are tastes. Exactly. Yeah, because yeah. you've got five tastes. Now, and they've done some really cool research about taste, and they're realizing that we can taste a lot more things than we, we could before. Mm-hmm. Um, and you see that, you know, when you when you describe something as like farmyard, barnyard, <laughs> that's all smell. That's not, yeah, you don't yeah. have a barnyard taste receptor on your tongue. You have sweet, sour, bitter, umami, and salty. And my wife always does a better job than me. Women have more taste buds. I, I went to school for it, but she can still pick up things oh, yeah. I'll never pick up. Oh, 100%. No, 100% <laughs> I mean, of the time. Is. Women yeah. are better at sensory analysis. Yeah. yeah. I mean, there's. Yeah. that's a proven fact. Uh, it, it, that's been, uh, in general, the, their palates are way more sensitive. And that's always interesting to see uh, the ladies in our program here. Um, when we're doing sensory analysis, they're always, the, the way they describe things is just always better. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it, no, it, it, and and it like they're, it's all about sensory recognition. Everyone's tasted stuff their entire life, yeah. And so when you have this experience that rem, or a taste that reminds you of an experience or a time, and that's the joke I always say is like, oh, has anybody been on vacation? Everything tastes better on vacation. Yeah, you're in a different mindset. You're in a different like. You're not worrying about some of this other stuff, and you're kind of focused on enjoying. The moment. So when you eat and taste and drink, try to bring yourself back to vacation. Yeah. Yeah. When I worked over and I've worked in a few places outside of the U.S. Yeah. When I was working in Switzerland, and I mean, drinking in those vineyards just it never got any better than that. I, no. And you're surrounded by it, and just you've got all the other smells. Well, and, the, and it's the it's view just, and, and the smells and quite nice. <laughs> no, yeah, yeah. I <laughs> really nice. feel for you, bud. <laughs> really feel for you. Yeah. 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 Just a terrible experience. So what else is new for Filtrox? What's uh, what's next on the horizon? Next on the horizon? Um, well, we're going to keep focusing on these specialty sheets. I mean, that's kind of, we focus really, you know, quite specifically on depth media itself. Um, so, you know, like I said, with the, the, the TX, which removes the TCA, I mean, we do carbon as well. I mean, you can use carbon on Brett, but carbon is less selective. So it's no, going to strip remove way more a stuff. lot yeah, more. Yeah, yeah. Um, but we do specialty different types of carbon, whether it be like color removal or so, more focused on some of the, um, you know, the more the, you know, the, you know, the, you know, some of the odors and things like that as well. So getting back to TCA, uh, that can help a spirit as well. It can. It but can. Sometimes the well, the, the issues with spirit sometimes is this can be at such high levels, right? And that's where we've run into some. And then sometimes 
really, really high alcohols can then interfere with the uh, effectiveness of it. Oh, that checks out. So, I mean, if, but, if, but we're if, talking if, super high, so no, you no. might have to like, you know, <laughs> but, cut it down some. No, but then, proof it, proof, proof it, it in the, and, yeah. Yeah. Because high alcohols effect, affects yeah. my effectiveness. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so. so no, that makes sense. It would it would uh you know the density, uh, we are talking about yes, or density of alcohol is 0.79 of what water is. So it's going to change the way it's going to flow through that media for sure. Yeah, just viscosity and, and porousness and um, getting into some nerdy science at that point. But yep. uh, speaking of nerdy science, this is the time on booze clues All right. that we're going to drink a, a local wine made from San Giovese. Uh, right here in Asheville, North Carolina. It's a San Giovese piquette uh, called Red Wolf uh, from the good folks at Addison Farms. Um, I, I think so. Now I've been drinking, and now I have to take another look. You know, I don't know where it's from. No, it is Addison Farms. I knew I was right. Having uh, too much fun at your new bar here. I, a little bit. <laughs> I mean, it's work to... I don't drink for me. I drink for the students. Exactly. It's for the children. So uh, let me know what you smell on this. Uh, smell and taste. Mm. It is. Uh, it was capped, and it was. Uh, it was effervescent. Um, so it's like a sparkling, almost rosé. Uh, it's. Uh, it's only seven percent. I mean, yeah. this is a good breakfast. There's not a lot of fruit on this. No, not a, no. Not it's a ton, but got it's like, some. Oh, it's much drier than I thought it'd be. Yeah, it's quite dry. I do get some fruit now. A little, a little tannin in there. Yeah, not like crazy a little, amounts. I, I, I'm, a little. It's definitely drying. Yeah. Uh-huh. But it is a very dry wine. There's not a lot of residual sugar left in it. I mean, yeah. it's. I wonder with all the bubbles, there is a little secondary fermentation in the bottle. Hmm. There's some. Uh, I don't get a lot of uh, stuff in the smell, but I do get more in the like the taste, mm-hmm. and then I get more. I get some some fruit notes. I get some uh, maybe a cranberry. Mm-hmm. There's a subtle. There's a nice tartness to it, like but it's tarty, not. Uh, it's not like overpowering. No. I like um, maybe a little cherry, but that's like a tart cherry. Tart. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I could see me drinking this at seven percent. That's easy enough. Yeah, it's refreshing. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, and I'm serving it at room temperature, too, so that was another... Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I mean, it should probably have a little a chill little on little it, chill right? Just nice. a little. Yeah. Normally, my office is about 55 degrees, so you came at a rare occasion where you can't see your breath in here. Yeah. It always keeps people awake when I'm talking to them, though. so it helps out. There you go. <laughs> Would have helped if I hadn't had that coffee on the way over well, there, too. Yeah, that's... Well, Never that's helps another. the palate. No. No, it doesn't. It <laughs> just helps mind a little bit. Yeah. Um. So... What other things, uh, so you guys can help with TCA. You certainly can help with bread. You can help with any really filtration needs. You're talking about clarification. Exactly. Yeah. Uh, removing yeasts, uh, all the way down to sterile filtration. Yep. Uh, nominal sterile. We nominal say ster- nominal. Yeah. It's step media still. So yeah. I, it, but, it, but it'll, you know, depending on the media you use and the flow that you use and the maintaining the right pressures and the right setup, so, you're so, going to get almost. So you're talking flow rates. You're talking pressures. What would be like the first three things you're going to teach somebody when you're talking about depth media? Like monitor your flow rates. Yeah. Make sure you monitor your pressures. Well, I mean, flow is such, it's such a big, I mean, cause 
it's not like a, you know, when we think of like, you know, a lot of like cartridge filtration, we think of like absolute and we think of a, just a surface. Yep. And everything bigger than what the porosity is on that surface gets held up on the surface. Whereas depth media, it's about what happens within the media. And so I always think about it. If you're a little one micron particle and you're just cruising along and you come up to this depth media, you've got to travel through something that's 4,000 micron deep. Yeah. To get to the other side. Sure. That's a long ways to travel. Why, especially as a And so there's particle. a lot of opportunities to get trapped within that media sure. before you ever make it out. So, but we always say with flow, if you push too hard, what happens? Well, it's going it to push takes, it right through. Yeah. It'll push it through. It'll take the channels within the media itself that are more open and it won't take full advantage of the whole media. So flow is always huge. Um, so bi bi and, biggest, uh, biggest tip, flow rate. Flow and then understanding sizing. So, you know, because everything can be essentially measured. So that's mm -hmm. why I say you can, it's a scalable technology. So you can take a little disc and you can filter at five to 10 mils per minute and you can run. Now you can then apply that flow to however much area you have. So if we're talking like a sheet filter, do you have 20 40 by 40 centimeter sheets in there? Or do you have 40? Or do you use a lenticular format? So it's in that, you know, that enclosed dome. dome. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, that can all be measured. So then you basically match that out. So what the flow that you, that we, you know, we always, you know, depending on application, we have recommended starting flows. Sure. Um, now, will you listen to me? Maybe, maybe not. <laughs> Usually people will I, say, oh, well, he said, he said <laughs> that much. So I'm going to go twice as fast or, you know, it's a maybe, Friday afternoon. I got to get out of here, bud. <laughs> yeah. Or you don't even have a pump that can go, you know, yeah, that, yeah, you, yeah. Know, you have to consider that. But yeah, I mean, that's going to be huge. It's going to be that flow. Then the other one becomes pressure. Because obviously, if you go too high a pressure, then you also start to force blow, things blow through. things right through the media. Yeah, you know, so you, you kind of gotta you know. But flow is so huge. I think a lot of times people don't have flow meters or aren't monitoring that. They're just looking at the pressure. And in the beginning, depth media will gladly take a much higher flow. Sure, I mean, as you there's can, more porosity through yeah, it. You yeah, you can blow through there, but that doesn't. But the media is not going to work well for right. you. Right, it's not going to capture that one micron no. particle that it's, you're talking about. It's going to just ping pong. It's, uh, it reminds me of Plinko. Uh, from the old um, Price is Right show, right? That, yeah, little, yeah, yeah. that little disc bouncing down. Now, every once in a while, it used to get stuck, and they'd have to re-throw it. But it, the, the person that dropped it didn't drop it from a height. You know, it yep, was going yep. fast through those little nails. That's, I just I don't know why I came up that with was, that analogy. I wish I had. <laughs> that's good. But, but, I mean, if you think about it, it makes sense. If you're really hammering stuff through, it's going to use that kinetic energy to bounce around through all of those uh, all of those ways. And it, yeah. and I can say, so flow, definitely monitor your pressures. What can, uh, what, what other things can folks do, like even pre-filter or, uh, it, this stuff takes time. And, and, and that is one of the things that people, uh, time equates to money and labor yes. costs and other things, but you don't want to have to do it twice. Just do it once the yeah, right Yeah, do it time. once the right way. It's going to save you yeah. money. It's going to save you filter sheets, and that's going to, you know, ultimately going to save a, a bunch of stuff. So flow rate, pressures, what else? You what know, else can we do? You size it right. I mean, you Sizing is you so know, key. If you've got this batch that's, you know, I mean, a 200-gallon batch versus a 20,000-gallon batch, you're right. not going to use the same, type, same amount of media. You know, I mean, there's there's a capacity for all of this media. So you don't need to, you know, you need to make sure you're sizing it appropriately. You know, I mean, that's because that's going to save you a lot of money down the road. Well, it, it may not be sized for a 200,000 gallons. How much you want to do in an eight-hour shift. Yeah. And and maybe you're filtering for three shifts on that tank. Mm -hmm. or, that's not necessarily cost-effective, but yeah. if that's the piece of equipment that you have as you've expanded, uh, sell that one off and get a bigger one, but... <laughs> 
Yeah, the filter is usually the last thing to be replaced. Unfortunately, oh, yeah, that's uh, yeah, that's just it's not everyone's favorite job. You know, we like it. Yeah, wait, that's what I you mean. It's, <laughs> no, and I've, I've, I mean, I look at filters. Yeah, it's to me, it's you know, it's not always absolutely necessary depending on what you're making. Right. Um, but it can be ex- it's an incredible tool to have. It, you know, whether you're turning a tank faster, whether you need more peace of mind, wh- whatever that is, um, it's just you know. But yeah, like I said, the filter. You know, people are always expanding tanks and adding all these things. But what they do is they have that same little filter they've always used, and they're still going to use the same amount of time. But it's like I said, all of a sudden the batch is three times what it used yeah, to be. And it, yeah, and, and it just it's because they're just pushing too fast, and so then the results aren't as good. And then all of a sudden they start noticing issues downstream. Well, and then they're going to blame the filter. Of course. And they're going to blame you guys <laughs> because the filter they, guy. No, I, but that's how it works, though. I know. And that that last it, guy to touch the product must be wrong. Well. <laughs> And that's what drives me yeah. nuts. They, I, I, that's something that everyone needs to think about as they're expanding. Yeah. I mean, if you're going to take a loan for more stuff, get a bigger go, filter. Do the same thing at the same time. Yeah. Because if you can do that efficiently and even more effectively with consistency, because really we're talking about making products uh, in the beverage side of things consistently. Yeah. Whether it's seltzer, whether it's beer, to some degree wine. I mean, we sell that more like a vintage, but you as a consumer have preconceived notions when I say that this wine's going to be a Cabernet. Yeah. There's there's flavors that are associated particularly with that grape, whether it comes from here or California or, you know, over in France, wherever it's grown, there should be things that are indicative of that style. And so it's silly to me when people start thinking about quality control and quality assurance and like, yeah, the filter is always something uh, I think that gets kind of swept yeah. uh, swept under the rug as they're like, well, we need more capacity. We need more tanks. Well, that tank is going to grow. That's great. You can make more product. But if you want it to look like the last product, mm-hmm. like you want that Pilsner to be brilliantly clear or you want that, uh, that seltzer to come through and look the same, yeah. you need to scale that thing up as well. Uh, and I think that that is a great thing for people to learn uh, if they're listening. And, in, 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 you know, it's, it's not, uh, it's not just increasing capacity. It's increasing the throughput filters. One of those throughputs. Yep. Yeah. Um, I can't thank you enough for being here. Uh, thank you. I, I can't wait to see what else you guys are. The Brett thing is how can people get a hold of some of this Brett material, uh, in, in media and so they can start, uh, removing some of this Brett, uh, from their products if they have a problem. Uh, I mean, they can, I mean, we work with a lot of distributors, but where they can just reach out to me directly, um, just, you know, reach out to Phil Trucks. Um, Philtrucks.com. You know, yep, yeah, com, and you can be linked in with me, and I can put you, you know, I can, I can, you know, have that conversation or put you in touch with somebody that can, that can help them out. Yeah, so. yeah, so do that. Um, if you're having problems, if you're seeing things that, uh, uh, you know, filtration-wise you want to get rid of, these guys have a solution for pretty much everything. Yeah. And it's kind of, like I said, it's common equipment. Most people, I mean, if we're talking wineries, everybody's got a sheet filter yeah. typically. Yeah. You know, whether it's, it's a 20 by 20 or 40 by 40 or yeah. bigger. And so now it's in a, in a, in a sheet on, you know, option now to, to selectively remove, you know, Brett, Brett or Brett, TCA, filters and, and any TCA, of that stuff. Exactly. Yeah. Um, and, and so if you're, you're, you've toiled in your vineyard, for all growing season and you come and you do a great job with press and, and three months into it, all that hard work, you're standing at the tank, you're probably cursing. <laughs> um, that's, that's what happens. Yep. Uh, you can fix it. Yep. 
I love it. I love it. Uh, hopefully, everyone will get a hold of you. And thanks for being here, Stephen. Uh, we'll you. talk to you. Hey, stop by anytime. This is awesome. Cool. Uh, and we'll uh, we'll get in touch. Thanks for Danny McConnell from McConnell Farms uh, for everything he's done for the podcast. Taste the way you remember. Thanks, Danny. Uh, everybody, thanks for listening. Listen, laugh, and learn with Consuming the Craft Podcast. <laughs>